Yes, people, welcome back to Above the Knee with me, Liam Loftus. And of course, we're joined by Jay Extended. Jay, how are we, man? I've been better, but I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Jay, don't bring the mood down. We're also joined <laughs> by Leicester City correspondent, Hannah Wellen. How, Hannah, how are you? I'm good. I mean, I joined this meeting to Jay just absolutely losing it. So I'm doing great. He could be doing better, but I'm doing great. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> See, Jay, this is the this is the energy we need. Like, Hannah's just woken up an hour ago and she's buzzing. You've had all day to right your wrong, and you're still <laughs> sulking, bro. I'm just a sport fan, you know. Sport <laughs> fan. I can't help it. Right. Let's talk last weekend because big results affecting, like, let's say both both the clubs that were here. Obviously, Birmingham beating Arsenal. Hannah, what, what are your feelings from the Leicester side of things? You know, I'm just glad that we had Christmas, like a whole like three weeks to enjoy being out of that relegation <laughs> spot. <laughs> yeah, it's better than like two days. But I I just remember seeing it and thinking like, okay, no, they're all, Birmingham are only one nil up. Arsenal's gonna come back. Like they're gonna they're gonna get the points. It's fine. And you'd never catch me rooting for Arsenal ever, besides that day and that was the only time it's ever happened and you guys just had to blow it (laughs) you you let me down (laughs) the one time I'm rooting for you you let me down but you know like I'm happy for Libby Smith former Fox but not happy that it was for Birmingham but I mean good for them that's a hard win to get so good for them but I'm not happy I'm happy for them but not for us (laughs) I'm trying to be positive and like kind towards them about it, but in my head, I'm like, no, I want you to go down. Um, (laughs) You're not mad at it, but you're not happy with it. I'd say, Mm -hmm. like, you're not you're not mad that that Birmingham won. It's like, okay, like you you have all right to do that, but you're also like, Arsenal, are you you joking? Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. (laughs) The worst when a parent says that to you. (laughs) Oh, exactly. (laughs) how, How are you feeling? Arsenal side of things. Let's keep it brief. Okay. No comment. Okay. Got no um, comment. Just, just, yeah, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. And the thing is, we, we came back from Christmas break. So it's like, you should be refreshed and ready to go. And that wasn't there. So on to the next game. At the end of the day, still top, top regardless of what Chelsea do in the next game. So, but just, pain i can hear i can hear in your voice heartbreak um but let's go to less result a one no loss to reading I, I i this is going to be so cliche but like i don't i i know it's a bad result in terms of you got no points but i don't think it was a bad result like i don't think you guys were outplayed at all mm-hmm. yeah i mean going into this game it was tough because reading's been on like some streak that i don't think anyone really expected you know they've been super up and down on and off and you know you're seeing it with us too yeah we only got points off of Birmingham but we showed up against Chelsea we showed up against uh, Brighton we absolutely should have gotten a point off of Brighton but obviously we didn't so move on (laughs) but you know Reading was the game that we were going into looking at like this is another opportunity to get three points if not one and you know coming off of that Birmingham result they're on that high they're ready to go into this game they just got a win and it was at the King Power 
their first ever WSL win too. So obviously going to that game, all of us were like, okay, we have a chance. We have a chance. And that's how we feel going into every single game. But as soon as I saw that like Sigsworth and Flint were unavailable and we had like no strikers, I was like, what's going to happen here? Obviously we had Abby Grant, but you know, she was just getting battered around. I was so Mm. surprised she didn't go off. I mean, I feel like she should have, but I think she's okay. And hopefully she is, but I remember just watching that game and being like, we, we should be scoring. Like there's so many opportunities and we're just not hitting the back of the net. Like it's just either going over the crossbar or it's just going straight to the goalkeeper, you know? So I felt like it was kind of, it was like fairly 50, 50 Reading had their opportunities. They took them, you know, their first goal, well, their only goal, it was a weird one. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that went in or why it went in, <laughs> but I'll allow it. Um, but overall, yeah, it was, it was an interesting game. You could tell we were a strong side that was still suffering from injuries. So I'm not here to blame. I'm not pulling the injury card. I know like as a lesser fan, men and women's side, like the injury card is just being played nonstop. But that just, you could tell that we were impacted by mm. players not being available. So people always but argue again, like, it's a part, score. <laughs> like it's a part of the game. Injuries are part of the game. You're always going to get some injuries granted. <laughs> but it, I find it really hard as a fan to like be disappointed with a result, but you're like, oh, there's actually, I can actually take positives from this game. And it's like, you think, like you were saying, you know, if some, we had, you had certain players back, it, it might have been a different result. And that's like, this so frustrating. And it's like, you just like, we could have, if that game was what, a week later or the week before, like you would have had players available, you might have had players available and you just came at the wrong time. Mm. But for me, I, I honestly think that Leicester will stay up. I really do. Um, like you said, you've gone into some games and speaking to Shannon last week, like the vibe seems sick. Like everyone's, it's still like a very much a team where when they were struggling beforehand, obviously before Christmas, when they weren't out of the relegation zone, like weren't bottom, everyone's still happy. Everyone's still like, it's still good vibes. And I think like, the atmosphere in the changing rooms makes a massive difference. I think that impacts the fans as well. It's like, because you see all the time, like some teams, you're on a losing streak, you think, oh, head down, like we're done here now. And it's like, when you can feel it in the stadium, you can feel it like across social media and it's like, oh, we're like, we're dead in the water here. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that with Leicester. Like you said, every game you go into, it's like, oh, we're positive here. Like we could get a result. We know we play decent football. Like fair enough, we're not, the top of the table but like we can get a result here and I think just that like the belief in the team and the atmosphere for me that that's I think that's enough I really do think that's enough um Birmingham pulling off we were saying before Jay like I can't remember a bigger upset like not even just women's football like men's football I in my head off my head I can't think like what an unbeaten team getting beaten by a team winless. Because like, you have it in like the FA Cup and the Cup competitions, mm. but you expect that. It's a one-off game. You think, yeah, like, let's and just it's go how and do they've what we done can. It. It's how they've done it. They've outplayed Arsenal. They've stopped them from scoring. A team and like Arsenal didn't, they weren't really like attacking options. Everyone was there. Everyone that you'd expect to hurt you was there and nothing happened. And you have to think the best chances in the game went to Birmingham. 
how many teams can really leave playing Arsenal and say they have the best chances? That kind of win, playing out your skin like that, like hats off to Birmingham. They could have been deflated by what happened at Leicester and how well Leicester played and they could have had their heads down, but they came out fighting and I think Arsenal can learn from that. See, this is what this is exactly what I mean in my head. Like, Arsenal-wise, you're a ridiculously strong team, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, And the way it's so downbeat and you're so disappointed... That's that's reserved for Birmingham and Leicester. Like they should be ones feeling like this, but they're not. They're upbeat. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I find it like it's it's mental. It's mental to me, but at the same time, it's so charming. I just love it, and I, I think this is why Leicester has been like such an easy team to fall in love with this season. Because mm. like coming from last year, you sort of heard about them, and then it's like, okay, Leicester as a club playing at the King Park. Like, oh, like it's like that meme, though. The I can't think what it is. The wrestling guy, no, he's like sat in his seat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, that. No, it's like yeah, sort no. of, it's sort of like building it. Like okay, yeah. yeah. That's how I feel like it's been this season. Yeah. And then the final one, it's just them staying up. That's what we need to <laughs> complete the meme. Yeah. But that's how, that's how I feel like being a neutral with Leicester's been like for me. We've made um. Couple new signings. Are we are we positive about the signings? Hannah, I can see you smiling already. <laughs> you know, I've only we've only really been able to see Freya Gregory, but oh my god, I was impressed. Like I so at first I was like, you know, Leicester's the youngest has the average youngest squad in the WSL. Why are we bringing in more youth players? You know, like especially when Lydia Bedford said, like, oh, I want to bring in an experienced goalkeeper. And I kind of joked because she's wanting a goalkeeper in like that 35 age range, but then she's bringing in like 18 year olds from academies and nothing in between. Like, that's just it. So I was thinking like, why are we bringing in like youth players when we're wanting to kind of boost that age? Because I always hear commentators in games saying like, oh, well, you know, Leicester squad is incredibly young. Like, I think our average age is 22. And like, you can tell commentators kind of use that as a thing to like kind of pick us apart, like, oh, you know, they lack experience and which you can argue, like we definitely have experience within different players. Sure. Maybe less than Arsenal would, or even like Brighton. But at first I was kind of skeptical, but then I saw Gregory come on. I was like, okay, she like, she knows how to play. She's not here to play about like, she's, she's ready. And she came on and she made an impact like right away. I posted a clip of her yesterday. Cause I was like, this is impressive. And, you know, like me being Canadian, obviously I was super happy to see Deanne Rose playing. I can't hate her. You know, she was breaking down our wings several times, exposing our defense. But I was like, you know, she's Canadian. I'll allow it. And then Gregory just played with her. Like she made a fool of Rose. And I was like, okay, (laughs) she's not here to mess around, you know? So I, I was super impressed with her and obviously their stats speak for themselves too. You know, like Missy Goodwin has incredibly good stats with Villa's Academy and Gregory does as well. And I think it's Gregory that signed on a pro contract with us. So right now I'd love to keep her. I know it's still super early on and I'm basing it solely off of our performance against Reading, but right now I'm just super duper impressed. I mean, you make the right impact and that's what mm-hmm. you need. I always think it's hard coming in mid season as well, especially like, with a team like this but for me I I don't know I hate the cliche like oh it's a young team they're inexperienced like mm-hmm. okay but what, what difference does that make like surely yeah. surely for me that's like that brings a fearlessness because you're not worried about oh like we've done this before I've been in this position before it's very new everyone's done now we've just come up a lot of us have just come up from 
the championship and we, we won that so we're used to winning like our experience is winning and especially like bringing players from academies like when you bring them from like decent academies that's all they know and it's like oh they're not going to come in I understand the oh, I want to bring in an old head to maybe settle everyone in the dressing room but at the same time it's like the camaraderie of having a team also similar in age mm-hmm. like you can't you can't buy that that's so good like and it makes it so exciting and it's like yeah, just I, I I think it's a bit personally. I think it's a cop out when commentators say about oh it's an inexperienced side. You're like, you're like no, like just let it go, man. Like it's they're just young. Like it happens. There's always going to be what is, it takes a team to have a full eighteen of young players, and then what they all say together, and that you build a wicked team, and you're like oh like these are actually quite good. And you're like no, like just believe in them. Well, I can't remember who. Um, it's one of them. I can't remember the quote. I don't. Know, I can't remember. Probably like, might be Fergie, you know. Like, just play the kids, isn't it? Play the play the kids. But yeah, I do think you've had some injuries. I think losing level for the season is hard. She was playing unbelievable in goal before. She's out the season. She's she not out for the season. No, I think she. It's. I feel like it was like three months, something yeah. like that. She's just had a season. No, I Hannah Kane is out for the remainder of the season, but I really I think Lavelle's supposed to come back at some point. Okay. I think that'll be a major boost then. So yeah, excuse yeah. me. Um no, okay. having Lavelle back. <laughs> that would be a major boost because she was in ridiculous form mm-hmm. before the injury. But again, it's like these little things, it's that injury card boy. It's like so <laughs> it's just like it's just you just can't get a break, and that's what it feels like. Um like that happens, you got injuries and then boom, get wings. Um, but we spoke, yeah, when we spoke to Shannon last week, she was majorly positive. And I think uh, after watching her again, I think she is one of the most exciting talents in a WSL. But mm-hmm. like I know before yeah. I was like, I, I watched them for, oh yeah, it's like, and she was saying about her goal. She was like, I didn't expect to be like a, an established player. And then like watching back, watching the highlights and I was like, oh no, like, like you very much deserve to be here. I mean, we gave her, her flowers anyways and said, like, you work to be here. But yeah, I think she was such an exciting player. And like the clips keep rolling of her, like, no one like, I don't know what the skill is called, but like switched it left foot, right foot. And it was like two players closing her down. She's gone. I was like, I was like, yeah, Shannon is a player. I think that's what happens. It's, it's, it's very frustrating because sometimes it feels if you're not in the top three clubs as a young player, it's going to be hard to get your props. You're going to hear from Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, the City's. You're going to hear this young player is amazing and stuff like that. But you will have teams like Brighton, Leicester, Reading that have really great players, like players like Gemma Lawley, players like Asmita Ale, Esther Morgan, all those kind of players. But because they're not the top three, you won't hear like the major publications like talk about them. And it's like you have to watch them. And I think that needs to change a lot more because especially with England set up and stuff like that and just internationals, you want different kind of young players to get a chance, not just players that are at big teams that can kind of learn. You want the players that are playing week in, week out as well to get their chances. It's very easy to look like at the end of the week or the end of the weekend, look at the results and be like, yeah. oh, this team lost. Mm-hmm. They've lost how many games they can't really be having any yeah. good players, but it is. I always think like, I don't love stats in football. Like, um, I don't know if it's because football growing up, there wasn't really stats. Like it weren't really like that. You had top goal scorer and that was it really. I'm not that old, but that's just what I remember still. Like, I just remember seeing on Sky Sports News. And now you've got like so many different stats, but like that I don't lie. Like you watch a player and you 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 can see a player 
whatever whether you're watching them live or watching tv and you can go oh no like you're you're actually like miles above i remember watching someone in like an fa cup game like years ago and it was like a lower team lower league team and i was like this bloke, they're like they can play and, and everyone's like oh yeah but they're losing five nil i'm like yeah i know they're losing but i can still see like the potential in that player like their, their technical ability doesn't go away because they're losing exactly I feel like so much of it is like you look at players and you just look at their stats. You don't look at the performances. You don't look at the games and everyone just whips out stats, like especially in arguments are like, oh, well, like, look at this. Like their stats don't really speak for how they're performing. And I wrote a piece about Kirstie Lavelle and you mentioned her. So, of course, I'm bringing this up. And the whole point of it was just to be like, you know, everyone with the goalkeepers, they specifically look at the stats. Oh, they've conceded this many goals. Sure, but are you looking at the amount of like shots that are coming at them per game, like shots on target, all of that stuff? Like, you could argue that Lavelle, yes, conceded a number of goals prior to being out due to injury, but look at like the amount of shots that were coming at her in every single game. It could have been far worse. Like, she could have been conceding like 10 goals a game, but she wasn't. So, I think stats are just something that, unless you're looking for like fact, like pure fact, use the stats. If you're not, just look at, watch the player, watch how they're performing, like watch the technique. You know, you talk about Shannon, like she's an outstanding player. And then you look at the ratings after a game. Well, that's stats again. You're, they're not mm. showing like, oh, well, you know, she made this much progression forward. She did like all this, you know, like it's, it's sad that people just rely on stats really. You know, like there's always that one stats man that's like, well, look at the stats, look at the stats. You're like, I don't, I don't need to. I watch the game. <laughs> it's modern football in a nutshell. Um, this is unrelated, but just going on stats. Like during the Euros, I was in, like, I got a ticket flight where the commentators sit and they have like a computer screen next to you. And it has like everything, like live passes, percentage, like all that mental stuff. And you're, you're looking at it and I'm going like, why do I need this much stuff? Like, yeah. like it's, a, it's a game of football and I'm seeing and I'm like watching a live pass and it's like, okay, Italy have made 500 passes. I'm like, okay, like, but they're one nil down. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like these stats <laughs> just don't matter. And also you look at a player who might just make, I mean, this is all very standard, like sideways, backwards passes. And then you're like, okay, they're really solid game stats-wise. You're like, oh, 100% completion, pass, pass completion. But then you've got one player who might be trying to make things happen, passing it forward all the time. It's like, okay, yeah, you're, it's getting intercepted. Your pass completion rate isn't as high, but you were trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And the game finishes, nine minutes, whistle goes, and I can whip up the stats and go, oh, mate, like, she struggled here. She's on 62% pass accuracy. And you go, well, Liam, did you watch the game? I'm like, no, I'm just, I, I watch a thing. Like, I think a lot of modern football has got to... And I'm guilty for it all the time. I'll watch just the highlights. Like, it's, there's so many games going on, and like especially like across different sports, like basketball on the worst. But I watch the highlights and just look at look at the box score because I just I just can't stay awake or I haven't got time. <laughs> and it, it does happen, and but I feel like you can't base your opinion purely on oh yeah, feel this person stats unbelievable. Mm-hmm. More times than not, like. I've been like, oh yeah, their stats are quite good. This is why I don't do like fantasy football or anything because, <laughs> bro, like I pick players that I like and they're like, they're not very good. And I'm like, well, they are. Like, they're all right. But yeah, going back and looking at like a stats box is just, 
it's just so modern football. It's like the XG mm. thing. I don't know if anyone really understands it. Like, but yeah, <laughs> mental for me. And I just I just don't like it. Like, I think that's what the difference is. Like when you go to watch football live and you can focus on a player, like sound, it's just a bit like, okay, you're taking in the whole game, but oh like, okay, number 22 is playing it right. Let me just keep an eye on them. And then you can then you go back and look through who they are. I think that was, I think that was, this is, I've gone like down an absolute rabbit hole, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> I think this was one of my things, like when I first got into women's football, because, okay, I'm a City fan and all the City players. And it's like, right, now we're playing against Liverpool a few years ago. And I'm going, oh, like number seven's all right. And I don't know who they are. So then it's like, then it's like, it's a backwards journey from, they've performed in this game. So they've passed the eye test. Now let me look at them. Now, now let me look at their stats instead of, the other way around especially the big teams if you you have to watch like a chelsea and arsenal a city live to really see who the like who the influencers are of the game because i think even yesterday someone like the birmingham game jade pennock she had a stunning game but like obviously she didn't score or assist but mm. someone that was constantly causing arsenal problems and i think sometimes you can't get that from highlights and then Obviously, Miedema could score next game and then people focus on those players, but like they forget the players that were like instrumental in beating such the great, beating the great sides just before. And I think, yeah, more needs to be done. Like more people need to like get their flowers when they actually play really well instead of just having a big game and then it just gets forgotten about. Alan Shearer said that. I watched an interview of Alan Shearer not too long ago and they were like, it was like, oh, did you ever have a bad game? And he was like, never had a bad game. And it's like, that's a lie. And he's like, as a striker, you're having a stinker. You score a goal, mm. no one cares. Like, you can sit around and do nothing all game, but quickly bag a goal. And everyone's like, oh, like, you, you played all right. You must have played all right because you scored. And you're like, no, didn't touch the ball. Just got involved at the end. Yeah, it's like pro clubs. <clears throat> yeah, massively. Yeah, get a goal on pro clubs and you lose yeah, like at least a Constantly at nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask, who's been your favourite person that you've interviewed so far? Ooh. <laughs> That's a tough one. It's like, it's genuinely tough. That's not me just being like, oh, you know, like I love them all because they're all so nice. They're all mm. great. Um, favorite person. I don't think I have a favorite necessarily because they're all so different. Like every single player I've spoken to has been incredibly different. You know, I started with Ash Plumter and she's my first ever player interview. And I remember I was just like, pooping bricks because I had no experience in this whatsoever I never spoken to players before like anything like that yeah I interviewed Jonathan Morgan prior and he, I feel so bad for him because he's my first ever interview and I was like I feel so bad for this guy like <laughs> I'm just you're like sweating like trying to like figure out what I'm gonna ask but I started off with Ash and Ash will sit there and speak to us for like two hours like there's only like a 45 minute clip. Our, la our la first interview with her was about 45 minutes. Our last one with her was, I think, an hour 15. And she'll just sit there and she'll talk to you beforehand. And then you'll finish it up. And then she's like, okay, what do you guys want to talk about now? Like, what are you guys up to for the rest of the day? Like, she's just a chatter. And I'm the exact same. So of course, like it goes on forever and it reaches a point of being like, okay, like I'll let you go, <laughs> you know, but so she's different in that sense where she just loves to talk, you know, and she has such great stories. So I, I love hearing what every single one of them has to say. And she's so nice. She's genuinely like incredibly nice. Like I, 
I, I could go on for hours about how nice she is. Like, I'm not even answering your question right now about who my favorite is, but <laughs> I'm just giving a breakdown of every single one I've spoken to. Um, I think you're right but, with Ash though. She's, she makes mm-hmm. you feel like she's really engaged in what you're saying as well. Like, like it you said, it's like, like a person. You're, yeah. yeah, you're like, I'm interviewing you. And she's also, how are you? And you're like, you're like, oh, and you're like wheeling off. Like, <laughs> I'm interviewing you. Stop, please. Like, let's, let's get back to like what you've been doing. No one cares about me. Like, Yeah, she's amazing. I mean, the story I always tell about Ash is that when Canada was in the gold medal game, it was at like, I think it started at 6 a.m. my time. And then I had to work during it. And I'm a teacher, so I can't necessarily just have it on as I'm teaching a lesson. Um, So I had my phone like next to me just in case. And then all of a sudden I get a message from Ash. I'm like, why is Ash messaging me? And then she's like, oh my God. I was like, wait, (laughs) what's happening for her to message me this? And I look and then she's like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, what is she nervous about? (laughs) Is this supposed to be coming to me? And then I see that the game's gone on to penalties. And... You know, like we, we were like texting each other throughout the game and stuff. And then when we won, she was like, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you, Hannah. Like she was like, I wanted to talk to you. Like, I'm happy for you. You're Canadian. Like and to me, that was like, wow, like a player went out of their way to be like, oh, yeah, I know this one Canadian. Let me message her and see how she's doing during this game. Like she was updating me throughout the penalty shootout. Like I would have never expected. Oh, yeah. Like a, a WSL player is just telling me about Team Canada, you know, and. I understand like she played with Desiree Scott and stuff. So she was happy in that sense, but she was like, Oh, I'm so happy for you. Like you must be so proud. And she was like, just go cry. Just let it all out. Like <laughs> that's the type of person Ash is. So she made it incredibly easy to be like my first interview for a player. And then I spoke to her a few weeks ago too. And she's just phenomenal. And then again, I'm not answering your question, but I'm still going to get a <laughs> break down about each player um the chillest I spoke to was definitely Charlie Devlin like incredibly laid-back person I remember because like I love her play style I was so nervous because I was like she's an insane player like I genuinely like I know I post about her a lot but it's because she's so entertaining and I remember she like walked into the room and she's kind of sat and you could tell she put her feet up on something and then she's just like sipping her coffee and she's like hey and I was like uh hey are you <laughs> start this you know and like she she was just so laid back and you know she was asking me questions that I was asking her and she's like well I want to know your answer too and I'm like oh well I didn't expect this so she was incredibly laid back and easy to talk to in that sense so I love talking to her and then Hannah Kane I had like technology issues happening so (laughs) I remember feeling so bad because the interview had started but I was so far behind so then I, I saw her like kind of looking around like she was confused like what was happening and then I was like oh my god has it started and they're like yeah <laughs> but she was such a sweetheart about it like she was genuinely so nice and another player that just has so much to talk about and PBG is super fun you know I spoke to her for an article so there's no video with that and she's just another super laid back player you know just asking me stuff about Canada too like oh I really want to visit there like what do you suggest stuff like that and yeah and then I spoke to Sam Tierney last week and every time you go into an interview with a player you're like I have no idea how this is going to go I like you see them on the surface like a little bit you know you see them on the pitch you see them do like their pressers or whatever their post-match pre-match anything and 
you don't get to know them as people necessarily, especially with Lester. I find Lester doesn't create content with the women's team and they don't Mm. with the men's team either, really. So you don't necessarily get to know them. So every single time I'm going into an interview, I'm like, I actually don't know what these people are like, you know, and I speak to them every now and then through DMs, but that's completely different from actually speaking to them. And I remember she came in and she was just super chill as well. Like super laid back. She was telling us about how she like just bought a house and just got her master's and she's 23. I'll be 23 next month. And I'm sitting here interviewing these players on like zoom from (laughs) Canada and then going to like my full-time job, you know, like I was like, damn, you're 23. You own a home and you have a master's like good for you. And you're a professional player. Like that's incredibly impressive. So she was talking about all that stuff and you see that like, yeah, they're people, you know? And, um, I spoke to Shannon as well. And Shannon's super laid back, super nice. And we talked so much about drag race, every single person that comes on, they bring up drag race. I'm like, perfect. exactly see so they're all incredibly nice so it's hard for me to pick a favorite but that like I have my favorites in like different senses like mostly back probably Charlie um easiest to talk to probably Ash because she loves to talk but they're all just yeah I love them all I know I, I started by saying like, oh, I'm not going to be like, oh, I love them all. But I love them all. <laughs> You're like, and I know... first bit, cut that first bit. And then we <laughs> I, love them all. I gave like a whole rant of like, well, there's this player and this player and this player. And you guys are just sitting there probably like, oh my God, how to get to the point? Like, who is your favorite? But I don't have one. It's tough. So they're all really genuinely amazing people. So, and think, you say yeah. like, you see the connections within the players, but they connect with us as well. And they genuinely try to. So they're a club that recognizes the fans. So I think that makes a huge difference in how like they talk to me or like anyone else that's interviewing them. Like you guys have spoken to Shannon, like super laid back, super easy to talk to, just overall like a great person, you know? So it's easy. (laughs) It's easy to have favorites. It's easy, not easy to have favorites. I mean, it's not easy (laughs) to have favorites. Edit that out. <laughs> what do, what do you do to prepare for an interview? Like, not in terms of questions and stuff. Like you're saying, your first one, and you were like, like, how do you get yourself ready to interview like a player that you watch week in week out? Oh, I don't. I feel like this is where people are like, oh, you know, like I start my day with like a smoothie, and <laughs> like I, I just go into it. I think last season was completely different from this season because last season I was interviewing players at like 3 a.m. my time. Like I was constantly catering their time zones and I was still in university then too. So I remember I did an interview at like 5 a.m. and finished at around seven and I had a lecture at eight. And I don't think I slept that night because I was just like, I might as well just stay up. You know, I got to be up at four anyways, prepare for this, whatever. (laughs) So I didn't sleep at all. But preparing wise, it's like, I don't eat before interviews. Like I cannot. So sometimes I feel like you can hear my stomach growling. So I was like, I need to get something for my mic so that you don't. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't like to eat because I, I think, I don't know if it's nerves or what, but I'll just feel worse if I eat. So I don't eat. Um, I like, I barely sleep. I, I always prepare my questions like the night before because I'm the type of person where I, I can only work at night. I cannot work during the day. Mm. So I'll like prepare the questions and stuff. And then I just sit there and I think like, okay, 
what are some things that I should bring up? Like with Sam Tierney, obviously it's, you just scored against Birmingham. You score in big games. You put two past Durham last season to secure promotion. You whipped out a Spider-Man celebration. Why? You know, <laughs> like you just kind of go into stuff like that. Like what's stuff that has happened? So I always think about things like that, but then it's like, you want it to be personal. Like I always want, sorry, I'm a dog's barking. I don't know why. Um, you always want it to feel like a conversation. That's how I go into everything. It's like, I feel like these players are already drilled with questions. If it's like Sky, BBC, anyone mm. like, you know, professional questions. How did you feel about this game? How did you feel about that game? Like, yeah, I'll still ask those questions, but I also want to have a conversation. Like, what do you do on your days off? And then I always go off of what they say. Like, oh, I do this. And it's, oh, well, have you tried this? Like, what do you think of this? You know, and I try to make a little bit personal in the sense that when I spoke to Ash the first time, I asked her if she'd ever been to Tim Hortons because I learned that you have Tim Hortons in the UK, which blew me <laughs> Is that the away. fish and chip shop? No, no. <laughs> <That's> the, uh... <laughs> do they have them in the UK? I'm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> It's uh, it's like coffee. Jay, do you know what I'm talking about? Tim Hortons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. like that's trademark Canada. Like that's <laughs> that's as Canadian as it gets. And I learned that there's one in Leicester. So I asked Ash. I was like, "Have you ever been to Tim Hortons?" You know, like that's an extremely specific question. Mm. Like I could have said like, "Oh, like what was your favorite tackle that you've ever done throughout your entire career?" But no. Instead, I was like, you know, like have you ever been to Tim Hortons? <laughs> Totally I love it. It's so niche. I think that's hilarious. Exactly. You know, it's like ask them stuff like, oh, maybe they haven't. So that's something new for them to try. Like they can leave this interview and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I will try it. And funny enough, she actually sent me a picture of herself with a drink from Tim Hortons right after the interview. <laughs> so she went through with it. <laughs> but it's stuff like that. Like um, one thing we ask on the show right now is we're making a playlist from songs that every single guest suggests we ask them like what is your song and like why have you chosen that song and they always have like some story to go with it you know like and music really says a lot about a person I find so hearing them be like oh well I actually love listening to this then okay that says a lot about you why why this and then it just kind of goes into a whole other conversation so when I'm preparing I always make sure to have stuff like that like okay what can I bring up as like a topic of conversation and not just like an interview you know and Mm. but for me personally I don't do much preparation I don't eat and that's it and then I wake up like an hour before usually or two hours depending on the time it's usually in the mornings for me but I don't I don't do much I feel like I I can't give you an exciting answer for that one because it's (laughs) there's no there's no routine like whatsoever it's probably bad but (laughs) You know, when you just said then, like, sometimes you wake up like an hour or two before. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had it as well. I, I've done stuff when I've woken up and gone straight there, like, especially if I've stayed in hotels. I, and I get somewhere and it's like, the, I've not spoken to anyone, like, the whole day. And it's like the first person you speak to is, like, your interview. And I'm like, yeah. like, <laughs> and I sit down, I'm like, on my questions. And like, in my head, I feel like, what if my voice don't work? Like, Honestly, you see my dog doing yoga in the background. <laughs> I always just think like I've not spoken at all today. And then when I first started presenting, I went from I was doing like nights at supermarkets. So I was working at Hasda like I think I started at, like seven pm or something mental. And then like it was like seven till seven, and I'd go out and 
I was like new there, so I didn't really know anyone. So I just wouldn't talk. And then I'd go to an interview, like first thing in the morning, and I'd be like, bro, I've not spoken in 12 hours. And now I've got to like deliver an interview. And it used to like, it was always fine. Obviously, my voice was always fine. I opened my mouth and obviously words came out. But like, I used to remember getting like so nervous, thinking like, oh my God, like, do and when I was like, oh, like think when I thought about it, I was like, oh, should I should I sing a song like on the way there? Should I? And I'm like, oh, I'm on the tram and it's well early. I can't just be like singing a song. That's mental. But like it's pro- like little things, proper like not. Uh, I want to say irk, but I don't think that's a word. I don't know if that's a word, but like I've heard people say irk. Really? Yeah, I, think yeah. I feel like it, I feel like it is a thing, but like you say, like, like it irks make, me. Yeah, it's like sort of makes me anxious, but not to the point of like I'm anxious. It's sort of like the one just before. Mm-hmm. And like you're not eating. That would make me anxious. <laughs> that would be like, oh. like, do I talk to myself to like warm up my voice? Is that weird? Yeah. What else do I do? Do I just sing for a bit? Like you said, like I don't think I ever thought about that. Like, yeah, I wake up and I go straight into interviews. Like with this one, you guys are the first people I've spoken to today. Like, I came right into it and you guys are the first ones I've spoken to so but I mean I woke up this morning I was like I I need to take a shower like I need to wake up because I'm not gonna be able to match their energy if I'm like this so as soon as I got up I was like Kate I need to like straight get to up. Hortons <laughs> exactly. I can't even afford a fish and chip shop I'm trying to, oh, is, is it Harry Ramsden's I think it's the fish and chip shop uh, it's what I uh, something like that, someone's name, <laughs> some other guy's know. name, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some other geezer who sells some stuff. I don't know. <clears throat> what made yeah, you support dude. Leicester? What made me support Leicester? Yeah, what made you support Leicester? Especially like being I in Canada, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first went on to BBC because they have me on there so often to talk about the women's team. They're like, So you're in Canada, how did you find Leicester? <laughs> like, how did you find <laughs> us? Um. But I mean, I don't, my story's not great and I'm not super proud of it, but it's um, obviously being Canadian, I grew up with a family that loves hockey and watches hockey. And where I was born is, so we don't have like the whole Derby term here in Canada. It's like rivalry essentially. And that's like it. But where I was born was right in the middle of two cities, like two rival cities. So growing up, I was like, okay, you either choose this one or the other one. And like, obviously my grandpa supported one, my grandma supported the other. And then my mom supported one. And then my dad supported like a completely different team from his hometown. And I just always loved being like a shit disturber. So I was like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go with either of them. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I ended up supporting the Coyotes, which they're not even a Canadian team, which is why I'm kind of angry at myself. Like, oh, I chose an American team. But <laughs> you know what? I allow it because every team has like more Canadians. So mm-hmm. it's fine. And so I decided to support the Coyotes and um, because I loved dogs. That was my reason. I loved dogs as a kid. And of course, the Coyote was a dog, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, I can that's see where I can proud. see where this, this is going now. Exactly, you can see where it's going now. <laughs> but um, you know, I had met the players for the Coyotes and stuff, and I'd go to their games whenever they play. Like here, I'd go to whichever games I could, and I just had a relationship with them. So I was like, I love this team. And then, 
I think I was like 11 years old. I was like, okay, I'm going to get into more sports. And then obviously with football, I was like, okay, time to pick my team. You know, like it wasn't the whole sport your local or anything. Cause I didn't have a local until 2017 because there was nothing that existed here. (laughs) So then I saw foxes and I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm going with these guys because they're similar to coyotes. So I was like, perfect. And I always joke and I'm always like, you know what? I'm so happy that 11 year old me chose Lester and not wolves with the logic that I had, because, Oh my God, if I supported wolves, I think that'd be more painful. <laughs> so the badge isn't as cool. Wolves badge isn't as cool. And also orange. Yeah, the blue. Color. I think I prefer the blue. To the yeah, orange. You can't exactly. really match the kit with too much with the wolves. Kit. <laughs> exactly. You can't orange is just orange and yellow are the two colors that, I cannot wear. So I'm glad we haven't had a yellow kit in a while, but eventually we will. And then I'm going to be stuck. The Leicester it. kits always have been, have been banging recently. The last couple of years, like, have been very sick. I always like when Leicester bring out a kit, damn, like, that's another good kit. <laughs> like, it's always like your envy and like, I always think, mm, can I get away? What's my dog doing? I'm always like, can I get away? Can I get away of wearing like another English shirt, another English team shirt? And I'm like, probably not like i'd probably get ripped you probably would yeah it's just like I, it's a strange one because i think like, i always see like different people wearing like different american teams i'm like no <laughs> i can't do it i just can't bring myself to do it and it's one of the things it's like once 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 someone's got the picture you're done out here you're done. <laughs> Ever, if, if i was in an arsenal shirt and i'm like oh, arsenal overrated bam in my reply first one <laughs> arsenal shirt i'm like no i'm like this you <clears throat> sit down. I feel like it could depend on the team too. Like supporting City and then going out with like a United or Liverpool kit is something. But you're like, oh, you know, like oh, I really bro. like the, I really like the style. Is like that's yeah. still wrong. But if you're like, oh well, I really like Shrewsbury Town's kit, so <laughs> like that's different. Yeah, I feel yeah, maybe you get, get a lot off. Yeah. <laughs> I saw yeah, a well funny meme win. the other day about Arsenal, and it was like after an Arsenal loss, and. I don't know. I don't know if you'll get this reference, Hannah. Because have you watched? Have you watched like the UK Love Island? I I started it. Which so the like from the very first series? Yes, it, it, like I'd only seen bits from the first series. I haven't seen anything else. Oh well, it's on one of the one of the series is like a guy from Chris and like the mood's a bit bad in the villa and he's like, oh, sh- should I rap a bit to lift the mood up? To like, and they're like, no. And it was after an Arsenal loss and instead of it being Chris, it was Adidas and it was like, oh, should I release a kit to bring the mood up? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it, honestly, like, when you're like, not, I don't know if you love it, Jay, but from the outside, sometimes when I think, well, I'm getting on Arsenal and I'm like, you're, this is all off the record now as well. When I'm like Arsenal or an unserious club, I'm like, you lot are a fashion brand. Like you know what? you're no I, longer you're no longer a football club, bro. I like, enjoyed fashion. <laughs> I enjoyed it until I realized the women's side was not getting the same kit. What what what, what are we saying about El Clasico being at the new camp? I wish I could go. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I wish I could go. I th- I think that's it's huge obviously like the fact that they've been promoting it for as long as they have been whereas some clubs like wait for like oh a week in advance we're gonna be playing here (laughs) (laughs) surprise (laughs) but with that like i think it's huge 
maybe like I know a huge argument that people make with their women's football is like well do you want to be playing in these big stadiums when you can't fill the seats you know like doesn't that create like this whole like lack of an atmosphere or whatever like what do you what do you think of the separate social medias then yeah I I'm I'm a big fan of that because are you I'm a big fan of that because sometimes obviously if the men's um, side has 14 million and the women's side has 1 million obviously you want them to you it's easier to go to the 14 million and try and get new fans from that but at the same time i think what if i just want dedicated stuff about that women's team i don't mm. care about seeing the men's team right now but i know you're not the ratio is going to be off so even if it is all on that one i know i'm going to see 80 percent men's and 20 percent women's I'd rather just see the 100% women's and just get what I want to get. And I think because some, some like national teams, it's all together. And then it's like, you go through tiles and tiles and tiles of men's, then you get to women's. And it's like, it's just cluttered. So I think it's a bit like Chelsea have their own Instagram and like now they've got three yeah. million. Like you can see there's that appetite. The appetite. But just yeah, them, they, they don't care about the men's. Like that's, so I think sometimes you want the people that care to follow rather than the numbers. Cause sometimes it can look great if under the entire umbrella it's 50 million, but if that 50 million really cares about the men's team and the, the woman's team's just sprinkled, it's, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I agree. I always, I'm always like a mixed bag because I would like the whole, the sentiment behind it's one club. Mm. It's one club says so one social media. In my head, I think like, yeah, that's bang on. I love that. But then at the same time, so you, I want to see something niche and, then, and I don't want to go into the comments and see terrible things. Like, mm. And it's just like, what? I, and it's like, well, this doesn't need to be like this. It's just because this isn't what you want to see, but other people do want to see it. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like, having like a dedicated channel is, will always, will always have its benefits. But yeah, I do like it all being under one umbrella because I like the whole, the ethos and like the mm. he's going mental um kobe stop um yeah i like the whole ethos and the it's one club like i love that i think i just think that's like so sick but they have to make it then equal like in how they're posting they can't just mm. that's the thing and then so, some teams you'll just see like there's they do content with like the men's team but then the women's team okay they won the other game do we know who scored <laughs> There's, there's hardly a graphic about that. Did we get the post-match interview? Nothing. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, do the social team want to do it? Like, you need the people that want to actually do it. And I think it reflects in, like, what you see. If there's mm. a social team that really wants to push their women's team, you'll see it. And it's yeah. like, a lot of them, I don't know. Like, are they told not to? Is, is there a limit? Like, but you I think a lot of it is... Enough. It's numbers, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Like, think think United. Like, if they're all one account, I know, if am I going to post Ronaldo? Oh, God. Yeah. Or am I going to post a picture of Mary Earth? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And as, like, a, I don't know if it's, like, maybe not as a social media manager, which you think that I don't, like, I, I don't need to stake my claim here. Mm. Especially for, like, a lower league, lower league, lower level employees and it's like oh like, i want to be able to say oh my picture got a million likes there's easy ways to barely yeah. save self out do you know what i mean yeah but then that's that's like the challenge how good are mm. you like 
because you could do something that's mad that promotes the women's side and then people say i haven't seen this before like this is sick and then that does a lot better because it's kind of like slow hanging fruit to just post a guy saying sue all the time it's like all right cool but how much has you really how much have you really cared about it that's why i really rated that chelsea thing the Chelsea men and women sing the end of the year, like that portrait thing that they did. And they all sat I was down. so sick, weren't it? Because they cared. I said, you know what? Cool. They haven't had the men. And then all of a sudden said, oh yeah, Emma Hayes, where's she at? And then just brought her in. Like that's a proper collaborative effort. And that is one club. And I think if a lot of teams just did that, it would, it would just come across so much better. Mm-hmm. I think like one thing that, Like, you can look at Leicester, for example, and you can say, wow, they played the King Power, wow, they train at Beaver Drive, like, the club is backing them. But then you look at their social media, and it's, like, there's almost nothing, you know? They'll they'll post, like, oh, upcoming fixture, Uh, this person, like, they'll do, like, the live match updates. But when there's not games, they'll just post, like, a picture of a player with their initials and an emoji, and that's, like, it, you know? like. There's nothing, there's not much like engagement social media wise, you know, and stuff like that. And like, it's improving, but I don't know if they have the same doing it for the men and women's. I don't know if it's the same person. I think it is, but like, yes, we have all these great things. We play at the King Power. We have a great training facility, but then you look at Arsenal and it's like, sure, they don't have the training tops, but look at their social media, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so every club, like I find like they differ in that sense, like. Yes, we're doing great things, but our social media could be doing far more to promote the women's team. And not just like the social media, but just promotion of things in general. Like I know a lot of fans don't know if there's travel to an away game until like the day before Mm. or like a couple days before. So there's so many aspects that can go into a women's team. Like, yes, they're backed by their owners, but do they also have like the push, the promotion and stuff like that? Like there's a lot that can still be. Kind of you know, women's team with social media that like super impresses me. Um, well, not maybe not super impresses me in terms of I think their stuff's groundbreaking. But I think like the effort they put in is amazing. Burnley, mm, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you lot have come across any of Burnley stuff. I went to an activation. I see them on the for you page. Yeah, yeah. So they they obviously show all their games on TikTok, which I think is like ridiculous. I mean, it's so sick. Mm. And then I went to an activation there. And um, there was like 10, 10, 12 staff. And I was like, are you, I was like, are you lot always here? And they were like, yeah, like, this is what, this is what we're doing. Like, there's two people doing social, like a photographer. You've got video staff. And I was like, I was like, oh, bro, like, this is like, this was like as many people as I see at WSL game. And then like the other team, I don't want to name them, but the other team came and it was just, it was one social media person. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh yeah, I'm just going to tweet the game. And then I'm going to do the interview after. And Burnley, you got team sheets, and they're like, "Oh no, I haven't, I haven't got a team sheet." And I just thought, like, bro, like, it just, it just looks so mental, like, mm. when you've got one team taking it so seriously and like really putting resource behind it, and then one team like turning up with a laptop under their arm. Like, like obviously, no disrespect <laughs> to that person because they're, they're, it's not down to that one person; they are the one putting the work in. But mm-hmm. it shows that like, when a team takes it seriously and they do see them as part of the club like and they're equal it does show and you can feel it Mm. I I think they can do more I think even if you don't it's it's, that's the thing it's ideas it's like how can you make something out of the least you have and the the most important thing you have is the players 
they could do so much content with the players. Mm. And that's what people come there for. They come for the team. They don't come for like the best graphics and stuff like that. They just come for the players. And I think if more people did that, they'd get so much more engagement. Like sometimes you look at players and you think, how do these players not have more followers? Because of what they do. And it's like, because they're not pushed. You don't see them. It's like out of sight, out of mind. And I think the social people can, they have to do more to rep the players. Because it's like, it's not the player's job. The player's job is to play and get results and be footballers. It's not to kind of boost their profile. I think that's what the social teams really need to help. That's what social, this is unrelated, but in terms of the sport, but the principle is the same. I went to a conference at Facebook and they had the LA Clippers, like social media, like head of social. And when he joined, like none of the players had more followers than the team, which is like, which was super yeah. rare, like like super rare in the NBA. And he was like, why aren't, why aren't you lot on like really doing anything? And they're like, oh, like, we don't, we don't really know. Like we just, we just sort of turn up, play basketball and go. And he was like, he was like, like it's 2017. Like, what do you mean? You just, you just play basketball. And then it was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to hire XXX photographer. We're going to bring in these people. And it's like, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, we've gone from having one photographer and now we've got like six. And it's mm. like, no, we're going to, this is going to be sick. We're going to, we're going to have a person dedicated to you for this practice. And we're going to send you all the pictures you want to put it up. We're going to go really hard. And everything grew. Like, I think I had like every player got like over a hundred thousand followers. And then people were like, and it was like, why didn't this happen before? And it was like, people just didn't know yeah. like they know you but they like they didn't know that mm. you had a social media presence you weren't really doing anything and i think that's like a lot of it with the wsl the more you're seeing it like even like going into getty now i remember like when i first started uh covering women's football like man city are good like tom flowers is ridiculous photographer matt McNally, all of them really good so we always had loads of photos but like you look for other teams and you're like are mm. people not are people not really covering this like yeah. what's going on yeah and now like, you can go through type person's name into getting there's so many pictures and even mm. like something as small as that like scenes believe in it do you know what i mean like once if you can go and see loads of pictures of someone and they're putting them out on instagram xyz like it just makes it easier to follow and it's just easier it's like puts you in the shop window for not like, not for a club but for fans to follow mm. It's like Mary Earps. Like, how many interviews do you see United do with Mary Earps? But it's like, I found her TikTok and she was really entertaining. It was like, I don't see this. Like, I don't see this being pushed. It's like a continuous cycle, I think, because it's like the club gives the player followers and it's like back. Especially mm-hmm. like when they're international players. Yeah. Like, they bring so many. It's like, oh, I don't really support a club, but I love I love this player. And then all mm. of a sudden, it's like you, you were saying with me tomorrow, it's like, they're not Arsenal fans, they're Miedema fans. So yeah. they're, they're now invested yeah. in the club. And I still think it's something that we're really struggling to grasp mm-hmm. in the like social media realms. You just got to do it right too. Like do the right mm. content. Like I do not follow the Russian league, but Spartak Moscow is all over like all of my socials because mm. whoever is doing their stuff, they know what they're doing. Like they're on top of every single trend. Like the content they put out is entertaining. They put stuff out about different clubs too. Like I know I understand it's men's, but like they're a club that I look at. I'm like, your social media person is doing the right job. Like mm. <laughs> the fact that your content is reaching 
like I see them on TikTok all the time. Like they're on my for you page. Like I understand, yeah, the algorithm knows I'm a Leicester fan. They want me to suffer the whole year. They want me to suffer. And like be happy for Spartak. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like, they're all over my for you page. Like Zenit too. I don't know mm. what it is with like the Russian admins, but they know what they're doing. And if women's teams like also kind of took that, like, I think men's Premier League teams as well could do better. Like some definitely could. Like just stay on top of the trends and watch what people are talking about. Right, that is it for us. Another week done. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, hopefully you can go get yourself some food because I know you haven't eaten yet. And Jay, as always, big thank you to you, man. Um, try to cheer up, Jay. It's not, it's not that bad. You're still top of the league, bro. I try my hardest. <laughs> and then, of course, everyone at home, thank you so much for watching and we'll catch you next time. See ya.